With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Had a wonderful conversation with CBS's Nate Burleson last hour. Touched on a variety of things. Obviously, what happened Monday night with the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, DeMar Hamlin. We don't have a big update there. Just what the Buffalo Bills have told us, that he is showing signs of improvement. NFL is leaning towards cancellation of the Bills-Bengals game, maybe with the hope that they would meet each other in the divisional round of the playoffs, but uh, it'll be winning percentage on these seeds in the AFC. No Thursday night football. The NFL unveils Hall of Fame finalists. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. We have a new affiliate and proud to be back in Washington, D.C., 1190 iHeart Sports, and the uh, new all-sports format starting today home of uh, D.C. United Soccer. And uh, we thank you for the opportunity to entertain you every morning. And if you're new to the program, our starting lineup is Todd Fritz, who is our booker, Todd, height and weight. You're making me do that again, 5'10 and a half, 220. All right. Seton O'Connor is our business strategist overall. Yes. All around. Ooh. Business strategist. New Let's title. go. Why don't Let's I, go. That's a good title. I like that a lot. These guys Vice wanted, president of business these, strategy? You can be VP of yes. business strategy. <laughs> these guys wanted to have business yes. cards made up. And I go, okay, what do you want to put on your business cards? And then everybody wanted to. Paulie was smart. He went last because he goes, <laughs> You know, Fritzy was going to be a producer. I said, like, talent executive, and you're like, Booker is fine. <laughs> yeah. and, then, my office. and Paulie goes, executive producer. But then you go, that means you have to wear a tie. I'm like, oh, yeah, then, no. Yeah. So, Seton, you're VP of business strategy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Marvin, what do you uh, want your business card to read? Board up. Board up. Okay. Fourth Danette. Fourth Danette. M-I-D. All right. Not B-O-R-E-D. Not board. Up. No, never. Okay. Running the board, the, the technology here. Senior Vice President of Technical Operations. Just say what, okay. you're, say what you mean. I like that. Let's get to uh, it. Seat in your height and weight, please. Uh, I'm going to say in the program. Um, <laughs> now nah, I'm 5'11". Yeah, okay. I'm probably hitting like 190 All at this right. point. Marvin? Six feet. Hmm, you keep saying that. 230. Okay. Nice game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two thirds. We don't have to give BMIs or anything like that, right? Because I'd rather pass on that. Paulie, height and weight. I'm going to go uh, six foot one eighty eight. Okay, we're going to DC to shake things up. Yeah, <laughs> do those stupid political ads. Six two two o two. Yeah, Paul. Last time we were in DC was that the All Star Game? Yeah. Oh, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a great, a great time. time. Sweltering but fun. Yes, it was. It uh, there's a. Uh, a a humidity that's attached to that area of the country yes. um, where you go, wow. Yeah, sort of walking through a certain thickness that you're like, gosh, mighty. Yes, Don. But once Johnny Bench and Steve Garvey and some of these guys were hanging out with us, you start forgetting about the heat and realize how fortunate we all are. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. He, More gold like that coming up. Yeah. And just let Washington, D.C. know that Todd Fritz was not only the most valuable Danette as voted on by our audience, but the least valuable Danette as well. Polarizing figure. Yes, he is. He's styling, profiling the new Peacock original documentary, Woo! 
Ric Flair, Becoming Ric Flair, gives you the full story behind the WWE legend streaming now, only on Peacock. Anybody a a Ric Flair fan when they were growing up? Marv, you were, okay. I was big into pro wrestling as a kid. How long did it take you to realize that wrestling was not real? (laughs) Just now. (laughs) He's still, it's real to me. It's real to me, damn it. Okay, did... Was there a time when you thought that it was it was real? Oh, yeah, for sure. And my uncle, my grandmother's brother was like, this isn't even real. And my grandmother was like, don't tell him that. It's almost like Santa Claus wasn't real. Ooh. I was like, why do you say that? And both are real. WWE and Santa. <laughs> yes, they are. In my book. Uh, Correct. You know, you'd have these reporters who would interview the wrestlers, and they would bring up the fact that, you know, this was all choreographed and it wasn't real. And then the wrestler would put them in a hold and – you know, threaten to beat him up or rough him up a little bit as if, you know, you got guys who are, you know, built chiseled, whether it's artificially chiseled, but, you know, they're roughing up a reporter who weighs 170 pounds. Like, oh, my God, no, it is real. You just beat me up. You know, Ric Flair would uh, do that. We'd, we'd see certain guys who would, oh, you, you think this is fake? How about this? And I'd be like, that doesn't prove it's real. It just means you're a lot bigger and stronger than the guy who's asking you questions. Yeah, Paul. When I was a kid, just just before Hulk Hogan got big, like Jimmy Superfly Snuka were really cool, inventive guys. But I think uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper become he was such a like good bad guy, and he was good in the ring. But he had that Piper's Pit show. He kind of was the first entertainer. Maybe not the first. I'm not an expert on WWF history. Sergeant Slaughter, right? I remember. In that wheelhouse, yeah. Was big. Yeah. Uh, I remember working at CNN in New York and Hulk Hogan came in. And the entire newsroom was like, Hulk Hogan's here. Now, we had had, you know, foreign diplomats and you'd, you'd have, you know, political leaders come in. and eh, no big deal. Hulk Hogan's here. Yeah, Marv. None of them ever told you to say your prayers and eat your vitamins. No, they did not. No, they did not. Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. No foreign dignitaries had, you know. Uh, I just remember Andre the Giant and Bobo Brazil. For yeah. some reason growing up, we'd have wrestling on Saturday morning. Calling him Andre the Giant seems redundant. Yeah. I mean, you could just call him Andre. <laughs> it's like people aren't going to know that he's big. It's like tell I thought him. Andre was French for giant. Right. It has to be. But did they need to say too tall Jones? Right. I mean. Self-explanatory. Yeah. Why do they call you two? T- Why do they call you two tall Jones? Uh, I don't know. I think Andre the Giant was the first, like, superstar wrestler that became yeah. like big time famous, and then Hulk Hogan was the guy after him who just sort of like blew the doors off it. Like maybe it was hitting at the right time, but Hulk Hogan was just a superstar. Well, then when they fought, yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, and didn't he lift up Andre the Giant? Oh. Unbelievable. And, and, and that was where it was like, oh, my God. Was that the Detroit Superdome? I think so. Didn't they have like 90,000 people? I don't know anything about wrestling. I don't watch it. Right now, <laughs> yeah. But I knew it was the Detroit Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lifted up for exactly 3.7 seconds. It was a huge moment. Man, that, that was a good era. Yeah. Early 80s, mid 80s. Oh. Yeah, I didn't want to be a wrestler. I didn't want to wear a Speedo. You know, it's like, I, I don't think so. It's like on the swim team. Hey, you want to be on the swim team? Do I have to wear that? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't want to wear that. The water's cold, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. And sure actually, is. it's not. <laughs> the water isn't cold. Yeah. You know who the big Ric Flair guy isn't? Uh, Darius? Woo! Did yeah. he buy the his robe? Bought the robe. I was sitting next to him. And I'm at the Jim Valvano golf tournament, celebrity golf tournament. Michael Jordan is buying a motorcycle. Uh, it, it was wild. Guys were bidding on all these things. And then they brought out Ric Flair's uh, coat, whatever it is, and a robe, I guess they wore in the ring. And I'm thinking, who's going to buy that? All of a sudden, it's like, uh, do I hear 5000 Darius raised his hand. I go, oh, my God, he's going to spend $5,000. I think he spent over $30,000 on the robe. And I said, Oh, my God, how are you going to explain that? He goes, oh, I got a bargain. And I go, he still has it. He still has it in his closet in Nashville. Yeah, Paul. But don't you just think that's like we're all a bunch of 13-year-old boys who grow up, and once in a while some of us get some money. And, you know, you like cars. That's your thing. Because when you were a kid, I bet when you are 12, all you wanted was a Corvette or a Porsche, right? When when Darius was a kid, he's like, man, look at Ric Flair. 
you know, if what is it, Jim Ursay from the Colts? He buys all that rock and roll memorabilia. Yeah, he's probably a rock guy when he's twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Now he's got the dough. It's it's almost like a, it's self-explanatory. Well, I think that what guys do is they get older, they buy the car they couldn't get when they were in high school, and and you're going to say, "Hey, I never had a Trans Am. I want a Trans Am." And that's where your wife goes. This midlife crisis? No, it's actually a high school crisis. It's you know a fifteen-year-old crisis where at that age I had a. I didn't get my license till I was 18 because I had to ride a bike. We we, we had one car. So your midlife crisis, you bought a Schwinn or a Huffy? Uh, I I had I had a, a badass bike. Banana seat. Yeah, I wish. Then I could have had Jenny Batchy on the back oh. of a banana seat. Okay. Um, but, Folks. But I, I, I just remember I couldn't. There was no reason to get my license because there was no car to drive. There were six kids. My mom, with six kids, didn't have a car to drive. It was just my dad went back and forth to work. And I'm like, there's so many cars that I want to buy. But all my friends had Corvette, a Roadrunner, uh, a 69 Chevelle, 396, uh, a Mustang, 67 Fastback. And I'm going, oh, my God. So I found myself buying some of these cars. And my wife goes, why? I go, why not? I couldn't, I couldn't buy those when I was growing up. And, you know, then she understands. Now, I try not to do that anymore, where I go. Oh, don't, don't lie to everybody. Dan, Dan, half the reason you moved to this new studio is to have the garage. Okay, that could be true. I mean, you know, that's the problem. The reason why guys don't buy more cars is they don't have more room. And I have room in the garage. And that's a problem. It's it's a good problem. You're about have. a year from being Jay Leno. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jay. You know what? When you don't know how many cars you have, that's when you have too many cars. And Jay Leno, last time I I talked to him a couple of years ago, I go how many cars? And he's like <laughs> over a hundred. <laughs> yes, so see. I got a big lesson in like uh, just how rich people are. Like 20 years ago, I did this charity thing. Uh, in Connecticut, where the, they have a bunch of Ferraris come and they bring, take kids out of a hospital and they all drive around in these Ferraris, right? And it's like a big uh, parade kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And so I was covering it for the state radio station I was at, and uh, I would, got into a Ferrari with this guy. I wasn't driving it; I was just sitting passenger. And he was telling me about how, like, oh, this is David Letterman's Ferrari. I'm his car guy. And I was just like, "What do you mean you're his car guy?" He was just like, "I just I work for David. I just take care of his cars." Oh, it's like, what? Like the the concept of just employing somebody like, oh, this is the guy who just takes care of my cars. And this is one of my Ferraris that I'm just loaning out for the day for these kids to do was mind boggling to me. I think I've met that guy. I had I had no idea that people were, I guess, like just naively, you know, coming from where I come from, that people were that rich. And Letterman's got quite a quite a garage full of cars, from what I'm told. And yes, there is one guy who does. All of his car maintenance there. And like, what do you mean? Like, you, he's like, well, like, I'll look for ones for him to buy, or maybe we should sell this one, or oh, he's interested in this, then yeah. I'll help find it, I'll take care of them, that kind of thing. Yes, Todd. And he always makes the car guy sit a little lower than him when he comes over with the family. That's, to visit. that's not true. It's a true. little lower. No. He keeps the garage very That cold. was awkward. I never understood that, you know, this, this show of dominance when you go on a talk show where the person who, Letterman or Leno, they're always up higher than you. And and Letterman's a little bit taller than me. Uh, Leno isn't. Are you Jim- sure he's taller than you? Hmm? Are you sure Letterman's taller than well, you? I've Did stood you s- next to him. Oh, you have stood. Yeah, I've stood next to him. He, we're about the same height, but his his chair, his his platform. He was always looking down at you, so it gives you that. You know, I'm I'm the dominant one here, and like I was thinking, why why am I looking up at you, Dave? Why aren't we just you know? I level, but the other shows do that as well. It was weird. And I was like, why do why? Because I thought maybe it's a bad cushion. <laughs> I sink down in the cushion, and then I realized, you know, that's strategic. Okay. Was Johnny Carson higher? Maybe a little bit, but it didn't seem like he was much higher than his guest back in the day on The Tonight Show. I was never on Johnny Carson, but um, I'd have to go back and look at, not everybody's like that. But I just remember Letterman was, and it was pronounced where you're going, what? Why am I looking up, Dave? This is uncomfortable. All right. I don't know what we accomplished there, but we did fill up 14 minutes, and that's what it's all about. Uh, 
Hey, uh, Washington, D.C., there's your gold right there. That is <laughs> that is radio gold. Get used to that. Can't take that back. Yes. This show has been nominated for a sports Emmy the last five years. And you're probably thinking, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> and yes, I've thought that too. Let's take a break. I want to talk about the Hall of Fame. I do want to talk about the Commanders and what Taylor Heineke did yesterday, which I'm not sure how I think about it. I don't know how I feel about it. But uh, we'll talk about that and uh, the Hall of Fame nominees. The uh, We're getting down to the nitty-gritty, the uh, final 15 here. But we'll uh, we'll sort through who should and shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. We'll do so right after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Marvin, didn't we play this last hour? We didn't. All right. I love Led Zeppelin, but. Let's sprinkle around some uh, other music there. We'll do. How about uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit? Then we could compare the drums coming in. Yes, yeah, Eden. We got a lot of people saying uh, Hot for Teacher. Those oh. drums coming in. Oh, there. yes. Yes, 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 <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, yes. Van Halen. Okay. Sounds like the muffler of a car.
kind of show-offy. Yeah, Paul. It's not half as good without the music video, if you know what I mean. Oh. Not for teacher. So, Eddie and his brother got to show off there with their uh, their solos. Yeah. Eddie always has to make it about himself. <laughs> like he was the band. Well, <laughs> there's very few people play guitar like Eddie. That is the truth. Oh, man. That is the truth. Yeah. That's where we throw out genius a lot. He was a genius when it came to playing guitar. Yeah, or like a savant. You yeah, know? He, he was. He was like a real special. I don't know what else he could do. He might have been an idiot savant where I can play guitar. I've been playing the guitar a hell of a long time, and I don't even—I have not even remotely a clue that. Like, we look at two these things completely differently. Well, the you know Michael Jackson didn't read music, but he was able to put together what he put together. You know? Or those people go, um, "Hey, uh, here's piano. I don't know if I know how to play it," and then all of a sudden they're playing a concerto. Yeah, Paul. In the song Beat It by Michael Jackson, Eddie Van Halen plays the guitar solo. He did it for free and just showed up. Yeah. I, I read it. I, when Eddie Van Halen passed away, I saw this video tribute about him. And, and he was at like some event and he heard like opera strings and violins. Mm. He goes, I wonder if I could do that violin sounds with a guitar. And he went home and spent a weekend alone. And he tried to make his guitar sound like he was playing violin. And on Monday, he did it. He went back with all his bandmates. He goes, listen what I learned to do this weekend. And it didn't sound, it sounded like an electric guitar mixed with a violin. What do you have there, Marv? You got uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit? Oh, a little beaded. Yeah, that. That's pretty good. But where does Eddie rank when it comes to uh, best guitar players of all time? Because I, I remember there was an interview, might have been Dick Cavett uh, interviewing Jimi Hendrix. And it was, how do you feel being the greatest guitar player in the world? He goes, I don't know. Ask Rory Gallagher. Well, Rory Gallagher was an Irish uh, folk singer and great guitar player. But he's up there in Albert Lee. I think those are two that usually aren't on people's radar because you don't know their music, but they are considered, or at least in the conversation, greatest guitar players of all time. Yeah, Paul. If you look at like the NFL and it did like modern era or whatever you want to call it, mm. Eddie Van Halen's like Jerry Rice. It's like, okay, who's after Eddie Van Halen? I think what the, the casual music fan. Mm. And why was Clapton, you know, that he was considered God, you know, when it came to playing guitar? Because you had uh, that famous, what, uh, graffiti? You know, Clapton is God or something like that. Yeah, she's so great, Eric Clapton. <laughs> there is a, there's like a, a list that you start with, though, I guess. Like, uh, Clapton would be there, right? Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's Jim, certainly on that list. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page is definitely there. Pete Eddie Townsend. Van Halen's right in all of that. Yeah. I don't know about Pete Townsend, but. Whoa. Whoa! <laughs> Seton always pees on my parade when it comes to the who. He's on my parade. He does. He, he does every time. I'm thinking, up, oh, man, Pete Townsend. Eh, yeah. Okay. I think Chuck Berry should be mentioned before. Way that before is, Pete okay. Townsend. You can put him in there. You can put him in there. You know who gets mentioned, and it's going to surprise you. Okay, I'm going to let you guess. This guy gets mentioned by other guitar players. In fact, somebody on the list that we just talked about as one of the great guitar players in the world. Richie Sambora. No. Oh. Paulie? Is he from the past 20 years? Just answer the question. Adam Levine. No. Prince. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he, he'd be on there. This guy's going to surprise you. Prince wouldn't surprise you. Marvin. John Lennon? No. Todd, you, you have to go John Oates, maybe. He's got a pretty good guitar player. Why not? Sneaky, well, you, sneaky Philadelphia. You got the John right. John Mayer. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Eric Clapton, well, he, he's the one that complimented John Mayer and said, that's a great guitar player. Yeah, more. Yeah, because when I hear daughters, I think of a great guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Fathers be good. See, John Mayer is in the, is the in the problem where he doesn't want to play his hits anymore. I know he just wants to be a blues guitar player. So he he gets up there and he's like, 
you know, he has to, you know, bust through the double doors or whatever that song is. <laughs> you know, and then after that, he does a 15 minute blues jam and then he comes back with why Georgia or whatever. And you're like, Dude. Georgia, why? Yeah, I've been driving up at 85 and yes, Mark. It's the kind of morning that lasts all afternoon. Yes, it does. Dang. Yes. Yes, Mark. Why do people do that? Why do artists do that? Like the songs I want to, I want you to play. You're not playing them. You just want to play me a 15 minute set of, you know, your new hits. John Mayer plays the hits, but he does. I, I went to see him in the uh, in the Counting Crows play, and uh, he he did play the hits, but he he certainly wants to give you, and he's got gu- guitar face when he's playing guitar. Oh man, he really. Like he's gagging on something. Like Joe Cocker. Yeah, yes. Uh, Once again, momentum is building for the cancellation of the Bills-Bengals game. And I'm going to guess the NFL probably making an announcement here, if not today, certainly tomorrow. Also, ahead of the Commanders game against the Cowboys, Commanders already eliminated from postseason contention. It looks like they're going to go with Sam Howell. Now, according to ESPN, the team had expected to go with Taylor Heineke on Sunday, and then they changed their mind when Heineke reportedly told the coaches that they should go with the rookie Sam Howell, a fifth-round draft pick out of uh, North Carolina. He hadn't played in a game. And then I started to wonder, okay, how's that work where the coaching staff goes, Taylor, you're going to be our quarterback. No, you should give Sam a chance. Do we have anything else on this, Paul? I've seen, there's not much because it just came out this morning, but I've seen a couple quick interview clips with Taylor Heineke. And it's unclear if he was okay with them going with Sam Howell or he volunteered that they should go with Sam Howell. There's, there's mixed reports on that. You know, some people say he might be okay sitting because he's going to be a free agent and he wants to get his max deal. But it's unclear whether he volunteered to take the seat or was okay with taking the seat. Is this comparable to sitting out the bowl game in college? To protect yourself for your, your I don't, big, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to, unless it's just Taylor's being a wonderful teammate, and let's give Sam a chance. I got the numbers here for uh, Heineke. He completed 62 percent of his passes, uh, just under 1,900 yards, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. I like him. I liked him over Carson Wentz. You know, even before they made the move to put him in there. But I don't know. I don't think he's a starting quarterback. He's had moments. But, you know, this league isn't about moments. It's about consistency. Yes, Tom. Or you're being PR savvy and you're like, you, you know, you're looking like you're generous and you're being a good teammate, but wait till you see how valuable I am. Once you put Sam out there and he's a disaster, <laughs> you'll see how special I am. Well, this is what I wondered. Uh, if I'm Taylor Heineke, I go, uh, is Micah Parsons playing? Uh, yeah, he is. You know, Sam deserves a lot of, you know, he's been a great teammate and maybe give him a chance. I mean, you got to see what you got with this kid. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Wait, we're finding out Micah Parsons is not playing. You know, Sam could come in later, you know, after I build up a big lead and then maybe we get him some, uh, some run there. I've decided I will not be participating in this bowl game to focus on the draft. Also, we're getting the I told you so version of Aaron Rodgers now because they had this opportunity. You win, you beat the Lions, and you're in. And uh, Seton does a, uh, a pretty good version of the <laughs> I, I told you so, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he sort of has that. You know, it's, what's it been, eight weeks now? I mean, this, the, everything went our way. This is exactly how I told you it was going to happen. And this is what it is. It's fine. It's fine. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> this is Every- what everything just went our way. This is what I told you. What was it, eight weeks ago, six weeks ago? I know. I told you? We, we overreacted. I know, it's, see, I t- this is fine. Boy, what if they lose? It makes an NFC title game loss like benign. But okay, I picked Green Bay and the Chargers to play in the Super Bowl. But if you told me the Lions won this game, I wouldn't be heartbroken because be a great story. And the Lions are playing well. But uh, Aaron, the uh, is the ayahuasca just wearing off? (laughs) Like I'm wondering, how long does ayahuasca stay with you? Forever, Dan. It changes you <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to go do that stuff, man. I would be way too afraid of the person I came back as. 
<laughs> yeah, but if you don't like the person you are going there, mm, that's true. You might go, all right. Yeah, so- like, what would it be back to come back as someone you actually like? <laughs> yeah. Can we? In- so, what? I, all of a sudden, I came back like a thoughtful, nice person. <laughs> what would that then be like? Then we need to send Paulie to get some ayahuasca. Oh, I will defeat ayahuasca. It could do nothing to me. <laughs> what about if Fritzy went and did My ayahuasca? Paul versus ayahuasca. Oh, me versus ayahuasca. It would run right through mm. me. Get out. Okay, what would DraftKings have the line of you versus ayahuasca? It's like Vikings bears. The bears are cute, but okay. Yeah. But you're only uh, okay. Now you're like a five or six point favorite right. against ayahuasca. I would crush it. Yeah, of course you would. A shotgun some ayahuasca. Yeah. Uh, a couple of phone calls. We will look at the uh, NFL Hall of Fame finalist. Uh, Ruben in California leads us off. Hi, Ruben. What's on your mind today? Oh, well, Dan, uh, hi, nice, nice to be speaking with you. Caught me off guard there. Um, talking to the Don Mega. Today's my birthday, um, but more importantly, I have a birthday of October 7, 2017. It's the day I stopped drinking. And I just want to tell everybody out there that uh, if you're having trouble, just take that next step forward. And, Dan, you're one of the people that helped me get through all this kind of stuff. Bears, when are we going to get a coach? Holy, I feel you. I'm hurting over here. Sean Payton or... Or somebody. Wait, wait, you're not getting a new coach. You just got a new coach there, Ruben. And by the way, happy birthday, Ruben. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You know, the irony, too, is that this show makes me drink. But for Ruben, it helped him get sober, so that's great. Oh, wow. Sensitivity sensitivity level at an all-time high on this program. Richard in Chicago. Hi, Richard. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Richard. Uh, First time, long time. Mm-hmm. 6'3", a dad bod, 180. All right, so here's my question for you. So I live in Chicago. Uh, my wife and I have been married for over a year. We got the house. We got the dog. Mm. We're now talking about uh, starting to start a family here. Okay. I'm a diehard, lifelong Vikings fan. My wife is a diehard, longtime Packers fan. So the question I have for you is I grew up in a Viking family. She's the only Packer fan in her Chicago Bear family. So do I stick my feet in the ground when we have kids and say they're going to be Vikings fans? Do I let them choose for themselves, or do I choose the happy wife, happy life, they can be Packers fans, and I'm a Viking dad raising a couple Packer kids? I would, uh, I would let your uh, child choose. Okay. And, and, and you know what? Maybe make it like um, you know, a college recruit where he picks where he's going to go, and then you put out a Bears jersey, a Packer jersey, and then a Viking jersey. And then when he or she is five or six years of age, say, pick what jersey, that's the team you're going to root for. Okay, sounds great. I'll run it by the wife. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Scott in Arizona. Hi, Scott. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Danny. Uh, yesterday I was in the middle of an old guy tribute for Tuesday's show and in kind of a Heidi-esque way, Marv gave me the hook. Uh, and I wanted, I'm, I'm a big cheek turner, Marv. I voted for you in the year in. Um, so when the Super Bowl comes to town, mm. I'm like, my place is not as big as Chuck's, but come over, we'll have a cup of coffee or a piece of pie. And, and just hang out for an hour. I'll show you some Sun Devil, irrelevant Sun Devil trivia uh, or uh, uh, memorabilia, I guess. Okay. Um, it, as, as far as my thought from yesterday that I didn't get to, I'm a, I'm a uh, NFL Plus subscriber. And they've been squirrely all year. So, so, like, if you're in the middle of a – you're vested in a, in a game and it goes to OT, NFL Plus will cut the feed that you're on and go to the next scheduled game. And I know it's all contractual. So what they do Monday night when the game went to suspension, they cut the feed. And I wasn't near a TV. So, I mean, imagine if ABC had gone to Three's Company during the earthquake in San Francisco. I think they should have kept the feed and kept the dialogue and the commentary. I don't know, Danny. You're the expert. Yeah, but I, that's, that's uh, above my pay grade here. I, I don't have any insight to that. Uh, consult your local cable operator. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure about that, and uh, I. I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't want to give you an opinion one way or another on that, because I don't know what is factored into that. And in fairness, too, I mean, this is uncharted waters for these people. 
they deal with a lot of things, but that, uh, just understanding and talking to somebody at ESPN yesterday, just to get an idea of what that was like in the control room. And you know, the person I know said, unlike anything that I've ever experienced, because we had the power go out in the Super Bowl when uh, you had the Ravens and the Niners. And, you know, how do you prepare for something like that? I mean, this is CBS. We, we've had these moments where you're like, now what do we do? Now what can we show? Uh, how much can we show? Uh, Lisa Salters, we, we have access, but we don't have access. You're on the sidelines. You, hey, don't take that camera. The only thing I thought, and I did ask this, but I didn't get uh, a great response, is you have so many cameras. Could ESPN have had a camera above and just monitored what was going on without showing it? That's what I was curious about. And you're not going to go to that camera angle, but can you do that to then help Lisa Salters on the sidelines just maybe describe what is going on? I don't know. Uh, but look, when there's live bullets there, you know, all bets are off. So when somebody goes, oh, I would have, I, I would never do that. Not in this situation. Oh, you know what they should have done? I, you know, you've got experienced people who've been doing this a long time. And all of a sudden you're trying to capture this. What do I capture? What can I show? What can I not show? What information do we have? Let's go to break. Come back. Let's go to uh, Susie Colber. Let's go to Booger McFarland. Let's go to Troy and Joe. Like, it, it is happening so quickly that you have to be fair to those people who are doing their jobs right in front of you. And having done that, uh, you know, where you're saying, okay, what am I doing next? I've, I've been on the field with the Super Bowl trophy presentation, and I was not told who was the MVP of the Super Bowl in the Steelers game against Arizona. I couldn't hear anybody. They're bringing the trophy. Joe Namath is bringing the trophy right towards the podium. Now, I still don't know who the MVP is. I got Ben Roethlisberger, who's here, who I think thinks he's the MVP. I've got the owner, Mr. Rooney. I've got Mike Tomlin. And I've uh, Santonio Holmes. So I, I've got all of this right here, and I don't know who the MVP is. And then I got the commissioner. And then the commissioner's talking to me while I'm, I'm hearing from my producer up above. So the commissioner's going, uh, are you going to introduce me? Are you? So I'm, I'm sort of hearing the commissioner while I'm trying to, I'm pointing to you know, my earpiece like, hey, can you help me here? And all of a sudden, Joe Namath is walking. The players are down on the ground. They're touching the trophy. And I look down and I'm yelling at my producer, who is the MVP? And all I heard was, Holmes! I'm going, Holmes. Oh, okay. All right. Joe Namath comes up with the trophy. I introduce the commissioner. And, you know, then we pass it around. Let's bring in the MVP and then Ben and then coach. And crazy. But nobody knows that in the moment. And obviously that's to a far lesser degree. But that's in front of 100 million people, estimated. Where you're just going, all right, help me. You know, you're the duck on the water and you're paddling, uh, but you don't want anybody to realize that you're paddling for dear life. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, the uh, Hall of Fame finalist will sort through the list. More phone calls as well. We're back after this. We did it last year. We're going to do it this year. We'll do it even better this year. What could that possibly be? The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, and we're giving it away. We did it last year. It was Seton and the French kid. They drove out to Los Angeles, and we gave that Sprinter van away. This is what you need to do. Really, you don't have to do anything other than enter, get official rules, go to danpatrick.com. Your chance to win. There's nothing to pay for. There's nothing to sign up for other than the rules, and you register. That's it. And then you wait until I announce who wins this Sprinter van. It's as easy as that. You're unlocking potential. The potential to do your own thing on the road be your own boss and every sprinter van built designed and equipped to let you hit the open road take on any goal 16 body types choice of gas or diesel engine what are you waiting for to enter get official rules visit danpatrick.com your chance to win now's the time unlock your potential insider mercedes-benz sprinter van 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, this gets really under my skin. What? This tweet from somebody. What? What'd they say? Burton, he said, hearing you guys talk about guitarists is entertaining in the way it would be entertaining to hear a bunch of guitarists talk about sports. Well, what was so like, like off base about Jimi Hendrix being one of the greatest guitar players of all time? Yeah, I don't understand. And we mentioned two guys that most people have no idea who they are: <laughs> okay. Albert Lee and Rory Gallagher. Yeah, okay, it's it's cute listening to you guys talk about this. Uh. We talk about. Eddie Van Halen was awesome. Well, oh, my God. How could you guys say that? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Talk about playoff scenarios. You guys don't know what you're talking <laughs> no, no, about. No. Stay in your lane. And, yeah. we, and we preface a lot. Like, look, we're, we clearly aren't uh, uh, rock historians. But that'd be like saying the guy who wrote that note can't call in to talk about the, the Vikings situation. He did say, love the show. Appreciate you sticking up for Fritzy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, Marv. I didn't want to play some sound from Dave Grohl. His uh, drumming style is from an unlikely source. Hold on. 
If you listen to Nevermind, the Nirvana record, I pulled so much stuff from the Gap Band mm. and Cameo and Tony Thompson on every one of those songs. All that. That's wow. It's old, old disco. Okay. Okay. It's got a little flam. A little but flam everything pack. is, you know, everybody's imitating somebody mm-hmm. else. Everybody samples right. from everybody. That's a great uh, video clip, actually, if you watch. It's him with uh, Pharrell mm-hmm. uh, Williams from, like, the Neptunes. Yeah. And, you know, he's like solo career and a producer and all this stuff. Uh, and it absolutely blows his mind to yeah. hear Dave Grohl <laughs> yeah. reference Gap Band. <laughs> and then put it together that, like... Uh, there's a, another part in, this, in the Nirvana song called Come As You Are where it is a straight, it's exactly the Gap Band drum fill. And uh, you could just see like Pharrell being like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but just... it's the same thing when Michael Jackson was told about Hall & Oates that Michael Jackson was sampling from Hall & Oates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did Billie Jean. All right, uh, got some uh, updated information. Hopefully good information. This is from the Buffalo Bills. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill. He has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. That is awesome. And that's the most specific update we've received since he's been in the hospital. But they were worried about when he lost consciousness twice of blood flow to the brain and the fact that, uh, according to the doctors, he appears to be neurologically intact is great news there. The uh, Hall of Fame finalist list came out. And uh, how many players are on that, Paulie? Is there 15, the final 15 there? Yes, 15. Okay. All right, so uh, how about we pick two? Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. This is Darren Woodson's first time, I think, in the final 15. You get two. Todd, take your two. I'm taking Dwight Freeney and Zach Thomas. All right. Seton O'Connor. I'm taking Devin Hester and Darren Woodson. All right. Marvin. I'm going to take Reggie Wayne and Patrick Willis. Ooh. All right. Pauling. Uh, Tory Holt. <laughs> And oh man, Tory Holt and Joe Thomas. Do you really think Tory Holt? Yeah, it, it, yes, because he caught over ninety balls eight times. Yeah, but I couldn't tell the difference between Isaac Holt or uh, Isaac uh, Bruce, Bruce. Bruce. There you there go. Yeah. Proof. <laughs> yeah. Proof. Isaac Holt. Yeah, I, but I don't think that's fair to Tory Holt because if they would have won one more Super Bowl, they become that dynasty, and he gets a, a pass yeah. at nine hundred twenty catches, seventy four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin Hester, I didn't pick just because the amount of plays he played. He is the greatest returner of all time, but I'll, I'll take a full-time player over. A... Uh, Zach Thomas, to me, deserves to be in. Um, I, I mean, you can make a case for all these guys, but uh, this is his fourth time being a, a Final 15 finalist. Um, I, I'm glad that uh, Patrick Willis is getting some uh, recognition there. A great player, you know, didn't get the opportunity to play in, you know, that many big games, I don't think. Um, I do Zach, Zach Thomas and Darrell Rivas would be the two guys. I mean, Joe Thomas deserves to be in there as well, but I, I hope Zach Thomas getting that opportunity. Yeah, Paul. I, I kind of took a look at Jared Allen's run again and started in Kansas City, then Minnesota. 15 sacks, 15 sacks, 15 sacks, 11, 22, 12, 11. It's a six-year monster run. Yeah. Four All-Pros. Anybody had more sacks in a six-year period than Jared Allen did? Yes, Seton. Somebody had mentioned this, too, and I can kind of see what it what they mean by it. There's a little bit of like a logjam with wide receivers getting into the Hall of Fame. Yes, That's is. a real problem position for the Hall of Fame. Well, because now you have to have a 1,000 catches. 
I mean, we look back and we go, wait, how did Lynn Swan get in? Okay, it was just a different, you know, it was different then as far as the numbers go. But, you know, you're looking at Reggie Wayne, um, Andre Johnson, Tory Holt. Yeah. It's tough to stand out as a wide receiver. Final hour coming up. One more item. We close out hour two. It's Stiefel. They're there to help you. Well, what are they going to help me with, Dan? All right, hold on. We all have different ideas about success. We achieve it at different times in different ways. And if you've recently changed jobs or considering retirement, probably thinking about your own version of success and striving to reach your own goals. And maybe it's time to start thinking about your investment portfolios, your retirement accounts, because retirement's a big deal when it comes to investing for a retirement. Can't afford to make a mistake. And you won't make mistakes. You don't have to do it alone. For over 130 years, Stiefel Financial Advisors have helped clients just like you create personalized retirement plans, understand the many options for claiming Social Security, and implementing an investment portfolio that's designed around your needs. That's just the start. As a client, you also have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views. Find a Stiefel financial advisor at Stiefel.com, S-T-I-F-E-L.com, Stiefel Nicholson Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.